I, I went to turn the page in my Bible earlier, and I had my mask on, and um, so I went, I tried to lick my finger so I could get some traction on the pad. You know, I, I, I want to ask, what's the stupidest thing you've done with your mask on, you know? I've, I've tried spitting with my mask on. <laughs> that, uh, that was not a good thing. It just kind of bounced back in my face. As, you know? I'm, as I'm cooking, I lick my fingers. Have you ever, have you ever so, cooked and then try to lick your fingers? I'm sorry? Uh, yeah, yeah. Our, our video guy here said, hey, how about cooking and trying to lick your fingers? Yeah, yeah, all kinds of dumb things we do. But in any case, hopefully uh, God will protect me from doing anything too dumb right now. Hey, uh, my name's Dennis Verda, and I'm one of the, uh, the staff people here at River Hills Church. You'll find some of us wear tags, and if you have any questions about something, uh, feel free to approach anyone who's wearing a tag. But uh, I don't wear that right now, but um, you'll find someone if you need it. Uh, for those of you who are watching at home, it's great to have you with us by way of Facebook Live. And uh, we're, we're sorry that uh, you weren't able to join with us if you are trying to join with us at 8 a.m. We're trying some changes and we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes. Feel free to give us your, your input on that. Uh, we are going to um, be unpacking something that's, uh, that's really near and dear to, to our heart. Don't you love getting boxes? I love getting boxes. Boxes are fun, for the most part, for the most part. Sometimes boxes aren't so fun. But uh, before we do that, let's, uh, let's just bow for a, a brief word of prayer. Lord God, uh, you know that I do a lot of stupid things like um, spitting with my face mask on. Uh, but God, I, I would pray right now that your Holy Spirit would guard me from, uh, from saying anything stupid. But God, we just lean into what Jesus said about your Holy Spirit, that he would remind us of everything that you said and taught, and that he would be a, a constant companion, a constant guide. And so, God, guide us now in your word and help us to grow and to be the people that uh, you've called us to be. We pray that sincerely in Jesus' name. Amen. So there was a group of us uh, back several years ago as we were just starting River Hills Church and we were sitting in on the back patio of the Blue Spoon. May she rest in peace. Um, and at the Blue Spoon, we were just talking about you know, what, what God was calling us to, to, to be and to do and the things that, that had resonated in our hearts. And one of the, the things that came to our our minds, and I, I believe it was of God, was this very simple phrase, when you've given up on religion, there's River Hills. And so when we would have welcome screens uh, up, we would often have, and we still do, often have that, that phrase uh, up on, on the screen. When you've given up on religion, there's River Hills. And people would come in the door and they'd see that phrase and they'd, they'd resonate with that phrase. And I wanted to take a few minutes today and explain that phrase. David, you're going to have to help me because your phone um, kind of lost its deal. And so just, you, you know the, the message. So go ahead and give me the, the slides if you would. So for some people it resonated, but for other people you walk in and we do live in Wisconsin after all, Right. And Wisconsin is a very traditional state, particularly when it comes to things like, like religion. Uh, we're not like California, where my daughter lives. And in California, she said, Dad, there's this one church that stands out. When I'm in my apartment, I can see it. It's like five miles away. 
but it's bright pink and bright purple, and it's called the She Church. You know, a she shed, a she shed. Well, the She Church. And uh, so I looked it up. Sure enough, you know, but Wisconsin, the She Church probably wouldn't, you know, fly very well in Wisconsin because we're 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 very traditional. And so people would walk in, they'd see that phrase, and they'd say, "What's that about?" You know, when you've given up on religion. Religion's important to me. I'm, I'm looking for that. So what do you mean when I've given up on religion? I guess this place isn't for me. So I find that from time to time it's good to explain that, that phrase. And our, our, our reading program that we're in this year called Love This Book is uh, today on this day when Jesus walks into the city of Jerusalem and walks into the the, the, the most holy place to them, and that is the temple. And that's what we're learning about uh, today. But, you know, really, when it comes right down to it, if we were to define, that's what we need to do here, is to define what religion is. I've, I've taken the liberty and defined it this way. Uh, religion, David, if you would, religion is our attempt to systematically approach God. Now, what I mean by that is uh, those of us who are guys will, will get this. Um, when, when my dad retired, he did what most men wish that they had time to do through their life, and that is to organize all the screws on your workbench. <laughs> now, you have to understand that my dad was a mechanical engineer, and in his shop, whenever, uh, whenever a, any stainless hardware fell on the floor, the president of the company said, do not pick that up, just sweep it up and throw it away, because it costs more for me to have you pick it up and to recategorize it than it does to uh, replace it. And, well, that killed my dad, because my dad's, you know, he was the king of cheap. And so he saw all this stainless hardware sitting on the floor, and so even though he was the chief design engineer, he'd, he'd kind of secretly go back there and sweep it all up, and he'd put it in his pockets, and he'd come home, you know, he'd have all this stainless hardware. So he spent literally the first two years of his retirement not only taking care of my mom, who was a quadriplegic, but when he wasn't doing that, he was downstairs sorting all this hardware into little baby food jars. And, uh, baby food jars. I was like 20, what was I, 24 at the time? So <laughs> another, another sign of cheap, grew up in the depression. But in any case, the point here is, the point here is, is that guys, we like to categorize, don't, don't we? We, we? we like to categorize. We, we like everything in their, their particular little slots. And really, that's what religion is about. We like to put things in boxes. So let's open up this box here, if we could. Anybody excited? Anybody excited? You want to know what's in the box? Help! Let me out! Let me out! Hey, Charlie, how's it going? Oh, wait, wait, this is Jesus. He'd have a bigger voice than that. <laughs> let me out! Let me out! So, this is what religion is. It's taking God and putting him in a box. And there are different kinds of boxes. There are fancy boxes. Fancy boxes that are, you know, just, they, they got like really, really nice paper on them and stuff. And those would be like the Episcopalians and the Orthodox and the Catholic. It's called the high church. You know, you, you know when you're in one of these churches. 
I was in one once and they had a metal fence across the front and I thought, I guess the stuff back there is so valuable they don't want us going back there. Um, that was at this big Episcopalian church on Michigan Avenue in Chicago. But then there are brown boxes just wrapped in craft paper or resin paper, you know, and these are, these are the low churches. These would be the Baptist churches and the Methodist churches and River Hills Church. You know, we're, we're, we're just kind of down, down to basics, right? You, you follow me? We like our boxes. And we might even put names on these boxes. So if you're, if you are into religion, you might say something like, hey, I don't date girls who smoke or chew or cuss, you know? That, that might be part of your box. I was in a box where uh, we, 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 we didn't dance. Thank God we didn't dance because my dad was just uncoordinated. His, his brother, though, he danced. And I'm like, how come we can't be more like him? You know, so no, no dancing. T t tell me something that may maybe was on your religion box. What, what, what's, what's in your religion box? And any, anything? No, no smoking? Yeah, I was in that one too. Anything else? Th things, maybe not just the no's, but how about, how about the things that you're supposed to do? How many of you grew up having communion every week? Okay, communion once a week. Okay, we'll put that over here. That's communion once a week. You follow me? The, the, these, this is the box, and we put God in that box. The only problem with that is that, as we're going to see, Jesus resisted that box. And the other problem with that is that sometimes we, we have this box, and lo and behold, it's not Jesus in the box, but it's somebody else. I'm rough and I'm tough. Who, who is this guy? Who, who's into action figures? I, I was never into action figures. Someone told me what this was once. I'm like, oh, really? Whatever. Um, but you, you follow me? We, we, we have these boxes that might contain these other, might call them false gods. And so there's Jesus and there's this guy. Yeah. And so this morning, we're focusing on this, this concept of, uh, so this is what happens when I put David um, flipping the things. Can somebody open this up for me, David? I'm going to... In any case, we are, we are looking at a passage where, where Jesus goes to a place called the temple. And we're going to find this in Mark chapter 11. Thanks, man. Mark chapter 11. But it's also found in Matthew 21 and in... Uh... Hang on one second. And in Luke chapter 19. So, no good? Just give me my slides, David, otherwise yours are going to uh, throw me off, if you don't mind. I don't want to be thrown off. And let's just start right at the beginning, and here, here we are. Verse 12 of Mark chapter 11 starts like this. The next day, got to pause for one second because it says the next day, what was the day before, right? The day before was something we call Palm Sunday. Jesus entered into the city, it was called Jerusalem, and, and people were acknowledging him as what he had shown himself to be. 
they were, they were acknowledging him as, as the rescuer. They, they, they were saying, Hosanna. Now, that sounds like a, a word of praise in, in some religious boxes, but actually the word just simply means saves. He saves. He's, he's the rescuer. Hosanna to God in the highest, the rescuer from God. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Happy is the one, the, the one who's, who's coming in, in God's name. He's, he's bringing joy. Happy is he. So this is the next day after that. As, as they were leaving Bethany. So Bethany is a town, apparently he couldn't afford the hotel rates in Jerusalem. So he went a mile outside of town, went to the uh, Holiday Inn Express, checked in there, and they're in Bethany. And it says, the next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. And when he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the right season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. I don't know if you know, but there's an app that you can get um, that shows you which uh, McDonald's ice cream uh, machines are down. Uh, a kid reversed engineered uh, the, the menu for McDonald's because he, he, he was just kind of ticked off that any time he would pull in, th th they'd say, I'm sorry, but the machine is down. And in this case, the, the, the fig machine was down. Uh, and, and Jesus was, was just ticked. I mean, he was hungry. He was looking for a bite to eat. And so he comes across this machine, and we're all sitting here saying, why in the world do you have this as as even fitting to be in the Bible, right? And Jesus, what's wrong? Part of uh, the box that I grew up in was you don't question. No, no questions. You just accept. And so when I found uh, the Good News for Modern Man, which is a contemporary Bible back in the 1960s, 70s, uh, it was my, the guy who would be my future brother-in-law. I was just flip, flipping through, and uh, I saw that he had written something right on this passage, as a matter of fact. And he wrote in the margin, nice guy, JC. <laughs> and it was just kind of like, oh, man, can, can you say something like that? And I, I, I showed my mom, and she, she didn't like him to begin with. And so when, when I showed him this, this, this little comment, she's like, oh, the sacrilege, you know? No questioning, no questioning God, you know? But this morning, I want to say it's okay to question, okay? Because this is just weird, right? I mean, how would you like it if somebody went and poured, what, what's a broad-spectrum herbicide uh, that's okay to, to say in public? Roundup. Roundup, there you go. We got the, we got the crop guy back there. Um, you know, did, did Jesus, like, pour Roundup on this thing, or what's the deal? Now, here's the thing. If you look just a few verses later, you're going to see that Jesus talks about it again. Look at, verse, uh, look at verse 20. It says, In the morning as they went along, so this is the next day, they saw the fig tree. So the same fig tree that he was talking about, thanks, David, the same fig tree that, that he had cursed that day before, now uh, his, his followers say, Hey, teacher, look, that fig tree you cursed. So here's the mention of the fig tree, and then later there's this mention of the fig tree, and then we got this piece in the middle. 
This is a, this is a way that, that the teachers would teach back in these days. Okay? They, they would build this, this sandwich, if you will. It's a fig bread sandwich. Slice up here, slice up here, and there's the meat in the middle. And so now what we're gonna do is we're gonna get to the meat in the middle, and then we're late, in a moment we're gonna figure out what this weird thing is with the fig tree, okay? So you got it? Fig bread, fig bread, meat in the middle. All right. So Jesus is ticked off at the fig tree because it's not working. And verse 15. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. <laughs> it sounds like Jesus was just having a bad day, doesn't it? I mean... Did he miss his caffeine, or what is the deal here? So when he, he walks into to Jerusalem, he would have seen something that looked like this. Now, this is the temple. This is where people who were followers of Yahweh, people who were Jewish, this is where they would go to worship. Now, it's all out of perspective because those doors look like they might be the same height as our doors here. Believe me, they're not. They're like 15, 18 feet tall. So if a person was standing in front of them, well, you know what? Let's bring this into perspective. How would you like to do an architectural fly-through on this building? You, you ready for that? Let's do that. Sound guys, are, are we ready for sound? Let's go and let's do a fly-through on the building. Jewish, you weren't allowed into this space. If you were a woman, you could go into the next space called the Court of Women. Now, men could go into the, the Court of Women as well, but the, these were just demarcations of where you had to stop. You follow me? Now, not any woman to, could, could go in there. Um, if it was that time of month, um, you, you could not even step into any of this area. You were excluded from the whole deal, okay? And basically, there are circles. The, the, the Holy of Holies is going to be located in the tallest and the, the furthest most back area. And in that area, there's only one person who can go in once a year. 
and ask for forgiveness for all of the people of Israel. And that once a year was called the day, we, we know it because the Jews still celebrate it. It's called Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement. And so you have the mass of people and then concentric circles down to the one. You follow me? 75,000 people access to everything, unless, of course, ladies, it was that time of month, down to the one. That's, that's enough to know about the temple for now, okay? Um, sorry for the, uh, the whole stop thing. I'm going to get off of that because it's painful to even watch. It's really cool, but uh, be that as it may. So, on reaching Jerusalem, Jesus enters the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. Now, here's the thing. Uh, just like anybody in our time, people like to make a buck, right? And so, since people needed to worship, and the way that you worshiped was by offering a sacrifice, and the sacrifice wasn't put in a check in the offering box, it was, it was taking a live animal and having it slaughtered and re being reminded that, that your, your forgiveness comes at the cost of another life. That's the way they worshiped. And so, hey, dude, let's, let's get in the business of selling some animals. And so that's what happened. They would sell animals, but wait, 75,000 people would come, not just from the city, but from all over the known world. People who were, who were wanting to know about God would come to this. So even if you weren't Jewish, you would come. That's why they had the gate that the non-Jewish, the Gentile people couldn't go through. But if you're coming from all over the world, you've got to have the right money. Now, just a word for the wise, okay? If you're, if you're going internationally and you're going through O'Hare Airport and you think, oh, man, I don't have any pesos or, oh, man, I don't have any euros or, no, you know, don't get them at O'Hare. In fact, don't, get, don't exchange your money at any major international airport because what do they do? They rip you off, right? The exchange rate is absurd. Use your credit card. Much better exchange rate. But... Just like the money changers rip you off at O'Hare, so did they in these days. And you had to have special temple money. It's kind of like playing Monopoly. You had to have temple money in order to play the game. And so if you were coming from a foreign land, you first you'd exchange your money, and then you'd go and you would get your animals so that you could worship. And Jesus takes one look at this, and he just starts, excuse me, he just starts flipping stuff over. Now, you get the impression that maybe everybody saw this, but in 1.1 million square feet, not everybody saw it. But word got round. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. As he taught them, he said, is it not written, <clears throat> is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've made it into a den of robbers. Now, you know, the, the biblical text says that he's teaching. 
And as he taught them, he said, now I can guarantee you that Jesus was a preacher, <laughs> and as such, he wasn't content just to say two sentences and be done, <laughs> because there was always more to say. This is just Mark's way of highlighting for you, hey, this is, this is where Jesus landed on these two, and they happen to be two verses out of the Old Testament. So let's just take a second, because this week I learned some pretty cool stuff just by taking a moment and, and reading a little bit from these sections. Let's start with uh, Isaiah chapter 56. This is what the Lord says. This is, this is the prophet Isaiah speaking. And he says, maintain justice, maintain justice and do what's right. Is it okay, uh, guys at home, if I stand? We'll adjust the... And do what's right. Happy is the person who does this, the man who holds fast and who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it. And he explains what that looks like. Verse 3. Let no foreigner who has bound himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely exclude me from his people. Now, let that sink in for a second. God is speaking, and he says, don't let any foreigner say, oh, God's certainly going to exclude me from his people. Don't let him say that. Don't let people think like that. Have you ever thought like that? You've done something, maybe there's a season in your life, whatever it was, and you thought, God can certainly not accept me. In other words, if your box says, nobody like me, God's saying, hey, don't let anybody say that. And don't let any eunuch complain I'm only, a, I'm only a dry tree. Now, we could get kind of graphic here if you wanted to. In fact, why don't we? Um, because the text is graphic. So if, if you were a person of power back in the old days, you were probably male for the most part. Um, sometimes there were females, but either way, the people who served you the men who would serve you if, would usually have to be castrated. Because if you're the king and you're going to allow someone to hang out with your wife, you don't want someone messing around with your wife. So what you do is you chop it off. Okay? Or you take a rock and you crush it. How's that one? Woof. Men, you know what that feels like. Um, but when that happens, Okay? When that happens, the Old Testament says that you are no longer welcome. At least that's what the Jewish religion said. The Jewish religion said you are not welcome to worship with us. Because you are maimed. And then it goes on, verse 4, to the eunuchs who who do the things I tell them to do and choose what pleases me and hold fast to, to, to my, my, my promises, verse 5, to them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters, and I will give them an everlasting name that will not be cut off. 
whoa. I mean, this reads like contemporary stuff. Anyone who's had a sex change operation, a gender change operation, maybe, maybe our boxes say this. No one with gender issues changes or dysphoria. Yeah. This is the Bible. This is the word of God, okay? And this is what Jesus is teaching on at the temple. So let's pause for a second. Palm Sunday. Jesus walks in, and what does everybody do? They praise him. They're, they're, they're cheering for him. They're, they're like, whoa, Jesus, Hosanna. Four days later, Thursday night into Good Friday, what do people start doing? Same people. Same people. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. What changed? This changed. Because Jesus started messing with their box. And pointing out that even if you're going to follow what God did in the Old Testament, he will direct you to where God's heart is big to people who are not like you. Because what do we like to do? We like to define the box to describe us. That's just one of them. Let's, let's take the opportunity and look at Jeremiah chapter 7 for a second. He says this. I mean, he comes in with a sledgehammer. And God speaks and he says, Will you steal and murder, commit adultery and perjury, burn incense to Baal and follow other gods you've not known and then come and stand before me in this house which bears my name and say we are safe? He said, you're going to come into the temple and you're going to act like that? We're safe to do all these detestable things? Has this house, which bears my name, become a den of robbers to you? So when Jesus says, my house shall be called the house of prayer for all nations, in other words, welcoming not just people from every nation, but, but people of every description, but you have made it a den of robbers, he's, he's triggering the people to think back to these passages. This is what God is like. This is not what God is like. This is not the box. God will not be contained in this freaking box. He wants to be out, and this is who he is. Get rid of the box. Let's continue. Back to Mark chapter 11. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this 
and began looking for a way to kill him. This was their pride and joy. Jesus was attempting to destroy it. January 6th, a day that will now live in infamy, it engendered a reaction in almost all Americans, engendered a reaction in people around the world. Because the federal capitol building is our cultural icon. I've heard it referred to more than 10 times as the temple of democracy. Just, just this past week, the temple of democracy. Imagine the feelings you may have had then. Or how many of you remember where you were on 9-11 when you saw the Twin Towers fall? Remember the feelings that engendered in you? I won't even repeat what I said when I saw that second plane crash into it. Yes, I will. Let them burn in hell. That's what I said. When Jesus comes in and he starts messing with this, the people who run that want to kill him. Do you get it? Think January 6th. Think 9-11. Think of any of those things. They began looking for a way to kill him for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at their teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city, back to Bethany, back to Holiday and Express, a mile outside of town. Okay, we're almost done. In the morning, next day, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. And Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. And Jesus, of course, says, well, yeah, I, I had a gallon of Roundup in my, you know, underneath my robe, and I just poured it on there, and 24 hours, good stuff. You know? Now, what does he say? He says, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Now, Here's the thing, when you're, when you're reading scripture and there are these like little references to the Old Testament, like I said, the one little phrase takes you there, but don't be tricked into thinking that it's just about that phrase. It's about that whole passage. So I took the opportunity and I read that passage and I was blown away. Because in that passage in Jeremiah chapter 7, he says this, Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord God says. My anger and my wrath will be poured out on this place, on this place, on man and beast, on the trees of the field and the fruit of the ground. What is Jesus doing when he kills the fig tree? He's taking this prophecy and he's saying, guys, I'm it. I am it. I am, I am fulfilling what God said. And it wasn't by using some, some roundup. I did this by trusting my Father in heaven. 
And so that passage, which gets ripped off by people who have their own box, he goes on and he says this, I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but he believes what he says will happen, it will be done for him. And you've probably all heard, right? How people take that, that phrase and they say, Charlie, sorry, I'm, I, I pick on you a lot, don't I? You know, it, it is. It, it, it's true, but because you and I have, you know, you're, you're wearing an OJ Props shirt right now, and I happen to have an OJ Prop that my son got for my birthday a couple of years ago, and I was very thankful to him because I didn't want to pop five and a quarter for it, but he did. And, um, but, but imagine, imagine, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's for an old boat, but imagine, what, 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 what's your dream boat, or what's, what's Julie's dream boat that you could never afford? Any of you into wakeboarding? Anybody like wakeboarding? Anybody want to try wakeboarding? Anybody want to try wakeboarding? Sawyer, you want to try wakeboarding? You know how much a good wakeboarding boat costs today? Just take a wild shot. You were off by a factor of about 200. They start at a quarter million, and they go up 340, I think, is about the most expensive that I've seen. But you know what? If you want one, if you want one, here, here, here you go. You, you, you ready for this? Just believe. Just believe. Just name it, and you can have this. In fact, if you would believe and put $1,000 into the joy box today, I will pray over that, and you will have this because your faith if you have strong enough faith, you will have this. This is how this passage is, is taken and ripped off by people in this box. That's called health and wealth. But is that really what it means? Notice what the text says. Sorry for that. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> Notice what it says. If you say to this mountain, what mountain is he talking about? He's standing at the Holiday Inn Express, a mile outside of Jerusalem in Bethany. How far can you see on a clear day? Can you see a mile? The temple is on what's called the Temple Mount. I believe that Jesus takes a sweeping gesture and he says, you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea. In other words, dare I say, go to hell. And it will be done. He's talking to his followers who he's going to charge with, with going out and, and building the kingdom of God. And they're going to come in, into all kinds of difficulties. And the people who are saying that Jesus should be killed, they're going to say that, that Peter should be killed. They're going to say that each of them should be killed. And each of them, save one, dies a violent death. And he's, when you come across that kind of opposition, when society, when culture calls your, your, your faith in, into question, you can say, be cast into the sea. 
and trust God for it. Because God's heart is for the lost. God's heart is for the broken. God's heart is for the foreigner. God's heart is for people who have been excluded by all of society. And if you're on God's program, God is with you, and he will give you what you need. That's what this passage is about. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it, and it will be yours, and not a $320,000 wakeboard boat. That's not what he's talking about. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. In this passage, notice, he begins with have faith, that is, trust in God. And he ends with, and if you have a problem with a brother or sister, get it set right. Love God and love people. You see it? You see it? It took me decades to see this passage. This passage is a confusing passage. And I hope today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a couple applications before we leave. But the band's going to come back here in just a second. Um, but as they're, uh, as they're stepping up to the table, I want you to, to listen to the words of one of our songs. Imagine if you are a Gentile woman who wished that you were a man, but you were seeking after God, and you came up to the gate here. Could you just walk in? You could not. And so as we sing, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, which says, y'all come in. Y'all come in. Come on, come on, come on in. No, no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Aren't you glad that God is a God, that Jesus is the God who says, I love you just the way you are. I love you. And don't let any box that someone's put me in tell you that you cannot come to me. Because Every person of every nation, of every persuasion, is welcome. And if we have work to do, we'll work on it together. But don't think that you are excluded. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. We're going to sing that second. Get us going. Mm -hmm.